very life-giving and exciting to be able to take people to be a voice for the voiceless. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a fire truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths that people take in life. And in today's episode, we explore the path of being a nonprofit influencer manager with Bree McCoy, which is pretty much a term that I just made up. Um, it's not Bree's actual job title, but I think it's probably the most descriptive way of talking about what it is that Bree does for a living, which I will leave that to the episode to explain that because it's so interesting to me and I don't want to totally ruin it. Um, and so Bree works for a nonprofit called Compassion that does a lot of great, great stuff in a lot of countries in the world. Um, and Bree's particular role is just utterly fascinating. Um, we will discuss what exactly that role is. We'll discuss the places that Bree's gone since she's worked for Compassion and um, what her favorite trip was and why. Um, and then kind of the best things that she thinks to come out of these trips along with all types of other stuff. So without further ado, here is Nonprofit Influencer Manager. Bree, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Blake. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I have to say I love, love, love your podcast. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. That's awesome. <laughs> of course. You do you do an awesome job and you find some really amazing people to interview. Yeah, like you. Well, you came to me. Uh, I, l- lately, <laughs> yeah. I've had the most amazing people coming to me. It's like the most awesome thing. I like. I had that guy from NASA recently and yeah. um, like all these interesting jobs that I've never heard of are, are all people like writing into the show. So, it's uh yeah like there's just so many cool people out there it's awesome i love it i love what you're doing thank you so um all right why don't you first tell us what the like in your words because i'm sure in the pre-recorded part that i'm going to do later um that people will have already just heard i kind of said what you're all about and what your organization is about but why don't you tell us what your organization's about in your words of course I work for Compassion International, and we're a nonprofit ministry. Our tagline is releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. We work in 26 countries, and we specifically work with children living in extreme poverty. So the UN and the World Bank say that extreme poverty is when you're living on less than $1.25 a day. So that's that's who we're working with. Okay. Um so, all right. So, and talk about the like what what you do to help these people out. I guess before we go any further. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, Compassion's model is is really unique. We choose to work through the local church in the country. So, um, for example, we work in Bolivia. I'm actually taking a trip there in August, and we don't go in and set up a building and set up shop and, you know, put up a banner and say, Hey, everyone who's hurting and need food, come over here to compassion's, you know, building or whatnot. We go in and we find the areas of greatest need. Um, so it's that poverty line. And we determine if there's a local church that's already established there. And the reason that's important for us is because, Obviously, the people in that country and the local church will know the needs and the people better than we ever could. 
by just going in there and kind of trying to figure out our own stuff. Now, is so, this like a only Christians allowed? What what kind of churches are we talking about? That's a great question. So we are um, predominantly non-denominational Christian, but you don't have to be a Christian to enter the a child or their family does not have to be any kind of religion or they can be any kind of religion to enter the program and start getting assistance. We just choose to work through the local church. Um, and and so, for example, we'll, we'll go to the local church and we'll say, hey, is there need here? We'll, we'll work with them to figure out what the needs are and things like that. And then we'll partner with them through what we call sponsorship. And so that's where someone in, for example, America can go to Compassion.com and select one child. And for $38 a month, they sponsor that child. And so that child um, benefits from that money through food, education fees, um, if they need clothes, just basically Compassion does a holistic care. So it's not just, here's your food. We, We know that they need education. We know that they need protection sometimes if they're in, you know, for example, highly trafficked areas they might need counseling if um, they're being, you know, maybe abused or if they've been orphaned. And so that money really covers a gamut of, of things. So the church then announces to the community, we've partnered with Compassion. You can bring your children here and get registered. And the families, all families can come. We don't, we don't say, we don't ask them what their religion is. We don't, you know, say you can't join if you're not a Christian. All families can come. The activities do, some of the activities do occur at the church. And so they get exposed to the Christian church in in that way. But never, ever is there any kind of, you need to become a Christian now or you're out of the program. Right, right. So Bree, tell us about what you specifically do for this nonprofit, because this is really interesting to me. And this is what a lot of the interview is going to center around. Of course. So I manage what we call our compassion blogger relationships. And my my main goal, I would say I have three areas of this role. Um, the first one is I identify bloggers and social influencers in the world, and I initiate a relationship with them. So a lot of times I'm sent to conferences, and like blogging conferences, and things like that. And I'm just there to kind of meet all these different bloggers. I, I like, I love people so much. So I just love showing up and getting to know them and getting to know about their blog. And then I continue the relationship after that conference. I kind of check out, you know, what they're blogging about and what they're passionate about, what their audience is reacting to. And if I feel that, they would be a really good fit for talking about compassion to their audience. Then the next thing I do is I invite them on what we call a compassion blogger trip. So we do these trips uh, two plus times a year, and they're to one of our t- they are to one of our twenty six countries that we work in. And basically, the whole goal is to get these influencers. I would say an average trip probably has about six social influencers on it. We take them to what we call the field. So I'm doing one to Bolivia in August. And we will go and visit the centers. We will get to visit the children. We'll get to see the program in action. And we'll also get to see the benefits of the program. 
So we'll actually go to the children's homes. They'll, you know, share with us their stories and things like that. And then we go back from that day and we, we all blog about it and we, and we tell, you know, everyone's telling their audience about what they witness. And the whole goal is to get children sponsored. So they're basically recommending to their audience, Hey, I, I saw this with my own eyes. The poverty is real. It's not these fake commercials that you think are you're seeing on TV or fake images that you think you're seeing. It's real. The need is real. We can help. Here's how we can help. Yeah, I mean that that is so much part of of anything is is not like there's so many things that we know are real, but that we are disconnected from, and there is. Like, I mean, that's that's part of the reason that I wanted to start this show, I guess, is that so many so many people, they end up doing for a living what someone in their family did, because that's what makes it real to them. Like, oh, I know for a fact that you can make a living doing this thing and that this is how you do it um, because I saw my dad do it. So I know that I know that this is how this works out for somebody. And it's like, theoretically, you obviously know that there's a million other things that you could do for a living, but this one just seems somehow like a little bit more real to you because you were really introduced to it by someone that you saw. And I think the next best thing to that is just hearing the experience of anyone that does something for, for a living, um, and, and hearing advice and hearing, uh, what a day in the life of something is like or whatever. And so to your exact point, it's like, Obviously, we all know that there's people in the world that are struggling um, a lot, you know, compared to how we are. Um, And we also know that anytime we could do anything to help these people out. But at the same time, there's a little bit of a barrier to entry in that like, okay, well, I don't know exactly what to do and exactly where to who to go do and this and that. You have to make things very easy and very apparent for people, you know, like um, to that example about what, you know, choosing what you're going to do for a living. It wouldn't have been that hard for any one of us to, to just go, you know, start asking people around us or go to a library and read a book and, you know, figure out something else to do than what our parents did or whatever. But, you know, you just it, people go over the path of least resistance. So when you bring these bloggers out um, or these influencers out, it's just such an unbelievably phenomenal idea because as soon as they start approaching their audiences with it, there's something about it that now is that much more, A, that much more real um, because, hey, someone that I know, and maybe you don't know that blogger or that influencer um, on a on a personal level, but you feel like you know them a little bit, right? If you if you follow them a lot mm-hmm. and someone that I quote unquote know has these things to say about this thing. And oh, then by the way, they're actually going to provide me links and stuff like that to like, okay, here's how I would help out if I wanted to help. It's uh, it's really a perfect, wonderful solution. Yeah, um, we actually, the, the founder of the Compassion Blog Trips, the guy who kind of came up with the idea, and this was about 15 years ago, the whole idea came up because he was sitting on his front porch getting ready to buy something on Amazon, and it was recommended to him that he look at a similar product that got better reviews. And so he went and he looked at that product and he thought, oh, well, actually, I'm going to go with this one over the one I was just looking at because there's all these people recommending that this is a really great product. And he started thinking, what if we were taking people to see Compassion's work and they were recommending the work instead of relying on, for example, commercials or, you know, just paid advertising? What, What if we have someone that people trust say 
this is a really great thing. I've seen it with my own eyes and I think that you should get involved. Yeah. It's awesome. It's just awesome. And the world, I mean, you and I were talking about this before the interview, the world is changing so much now where the power of an influencer is is real and recognized. Yeah. I mean, the, this is not some like uh, fake BS thing to be disregarded anymore. I mean, there's, you know, major, major corporations are paying people with with followers on Instagram, like $10,000 to post a single photo. And it's like, these corporations are smart. They're not paying someone $10,000 for one single photo because it doesn't work or because who gives a shit? Like right. they're doing it to get an ROI. They're doing it because they think it's really going to help their business out. And if these major corporations are valuing a single photo or something that highly, then it certainly makes sense that that a nonprofit like you guys um, should really be valuing the testament of, of these people and the stories from these people. Exactly. So, so interesting that you're doing, it's just, it's, it's so, uh, such a, such a good idea. It's just awesome. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about everything. So, um, first of all, how is it that you guys are deciding where you are going to visit? Like what countries, what cities, um, you guys are going to go to and help? Absolutely. So we, we basically decide based on a few things. So it's definitely always one of the 26 countries that we work in. And then sometimes we mix it up. So we'll say, well, we did South America last trip. So let's go to Africa. Let's go to Asia this time. One thing that's really important for us is going to areas where there is a hotel with a great internet connection. So this does limit some of the trips we're able to take. And the reason we have to do that is because we're blogging every night. So the whole model of the trip is follow every day. Every day we're going to post what we saw. And so it's kind of taking the people back home on a virtual tour without them having to basically pack their bags. Mm -hmm. So internet connection is extremely important for us. So on most of our trips, we've had, you know, we've worked with our country staff in, in the country to just ask, is there a hotel that has good internet connection that we can get back to without, you know, having to take a plane to it and things like that. So that's really important. Other things are, you know, a lot of times I'll just contact people within my department and say, for example, with the Bolivia trip, it was time for me to select the country. And I contacted people and said, Hey, where have you traveled recently that you thought, this was a really great experience. It really showed the effective work of compassion and um, it was a positive experience for my travelers. So that's how I chose Bolivia is because we actually had someone within compassion just travel there with uh, their relationships. So we don't always follow those guidelines. For example, we went to Ecuador in February and there was a place we really wanted to visit that was extremely rural. rural. And we ended up saying, that's fine. We'll just take a plane. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was quite a long day. We were on a plane by three in the morning. We were in this little village for maybe six hours. Then we were back on the plane and then we're blogging until about three in the morning. Wow. Damn, that's crazy. Well, yeah. How come no possibility of, uh, of like a, a satellite Wi-Fi card or something? 
we do we do take that sometimes and even in with with up, we're uploading huge files so the photos and the videos and things it sometimes doesn't work for us the way we need it to or it ends right. up becoming really slow and so then it just is almost not worth it um but a lot of times we do end up relying on something like that too okay cool um so let's talk a little bit more about the influencers in your relationship with them and how this all works out so first of all is this just a slam dunk sale? Like, does everyone just say, absolutely, that sounds amazing. I would love to help out. Let's do this. Or do some people say no? That's a great question. I have to say about 95% of the people I've ever asked are totally on board. And I think the people who don't go on the trip that I have extended the invitation to, it's almost always the timing is so bad, but I really want to go. Can you ask me on your next trip? There's only one or two relationships I can think of where it was, this is not a fit for me. And we've asked a lot of people. So, so that's been really, really wonderful to see that most of the people that I'm targeting are all about wanting to use their influence to help. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned that that another issue or, or something to think about, I guess I should say, with the influencers and that makes your job so unique and interesting is trying to decide what is what they're going to be able to, I guess, handle and like when you need to push them to go a little bit deeper um, on an experience to maybe see um, a little bit more poverty or think about things a little bit more versus when you need to like pull back and give them a minute to like process all the things that they're seeing and thinking about and stuff. Um, so first of all, how do you try to get to know the people ahead of time that you're then going to take on one of these trips um, and kind of know what exactly they will be able to handle? Absolutely. So I become stalker. <laughs> I, <guess it's, laughs> um, I basically read their blog as much of it as I can, their social networks. I'm constantly looking at what are they posting, what's making them happy, what's making them sad. And then of course, I am emailing with them after I've invited them on the trip. If, if they accept, then there's a lot of conversations leading up to the trip. A lot of it happens on email. Sometimes I'll well, I definitely jump on about two or three calls before the trip and I, and I just prepare them. Hey, we might see, we might see a child who is affected by gang violence. We might see a child who has been affected by extreme malnutrition and things like that, just to prepare them. I don't love giving them specific scenarios because sometimes what happens with that is that they kind of grab onto that and they either expect to see it or, and so they prepare themselves to react in a very specific way. And then when we get to the field and maybe they don't see it, that confuses them hmm. and rightly so. Yeah. So I try to be a little bit vague in that, the specific things they might see. But I just try to get to know what, what things are you afraid you might encounter? What things are making you scared? I ask a lot about how I can be praying for them on the trip. I pray a lot about our trips. And so I, I ask that. And that really opens up, you know, the heart of what they're dealing with. And so, so that's 
pre-trip. And then once we're on the trip, a lot of my job in the morning, so in the morning we have the ride to the center and it's generally about, it can be anywhere from an hour to four hours, depending how far we're going away from the hotel. And my sole role at that time is to educate them on Compassion's work. So I talk to them a lot about the specific country we're visiting. So for example, we went to an area when we were in Ecuador where the main issue was men were taking little girls to basically be their wives and they were getting them pregnant at a young age and then they were leaving them because they don't have jobs and they can't sustain a family and they also are not interested in responsibility. And so they would leave and now we have a 12, 14, 15 year old girl pregnant who can't feed herself, let alone the baby. And so, so I talked to them about, this is the situation we're going to encounter here. And a lot of it is an educational, here's why this is happening in this area. Here's why, here's how compassion is combating this issue. Here are some, a sneak peek of some of the stories we're going to hear. And, and then I move into saying, you know, our sole role when we are with the kids is to be with the kids. We're not trying to find a story that's going to make a great blog post. We're not going to try to pry something out of someone if it's uncomfortable for them. We're there because we want to love on these kids. And so we're going to play with them. We have fun activities for them. We are going to see their homes. Um, we always bring a professional photographer. And that's really great because I tell our bloggers, you don't have to pull out your phone and take a picture. You, We have a professional phot photographer. The center has told the kids, there's going to be a photographer here. He's going to be taking pictures. If you don't want your picture taken, you can let the photographer know and he will completely back off. And so that frees them to just be with the kids. That's good. That's really yeah. good. So the, that's like the educational piece. And, and we, we're very clear about, oh, and so that so they, they learn. Because a lot of times you bring people and they, they do sponsor a child with compassion, but they don't really know all that compassion does. And so it's fun to, to show them exactly what their money is going to. So that's like, there's the educational piece. And then when we get back after this full day, that's when there's me handling a little bit of what we just saw. And so it's taking the te the temperature of, wow, that was, you know, there's sometimes we all get back on the bus and it was like, that was heavy and that was hard. And how is this happening in the world? And I feel extremely insignificant right now. And I want to go sell everything and move here and <laughs> just hold those kids. And so it's me taking that temperature and then just opening up conversation. Let's talk through what we just saw. How are you feeling about that? Do you have questions about what compassion does? Um, do you do you feel like you got to see a, a good example of how sponsors help these children and things like that? And then we write about it. Should I move into the writing piece? Because that's a whole different situation. Uh, in just a bit, I'd love to talk a little bit more about some of the things that uh, that you were just saying. Yeah. First of all, that that's so that's so great. What what you were just saying about it, you know, like I feel so insignificant now compared to all these things. I, that's, I mean, that's a great lesson for anyone to 
a great thing i think for anyone to feel or experience and a great a great thing for these people to experience and a great thing for them to then share with their followers i think we could all use that a little bit more of of realizing kind of how insignificant we are you know um it's not in the way of like someone else putting you down and making you feel insignificant, but mm-hmm. in the way of like in the grand scheme of things that, you, you know, obviously we're very self-centered, each one of us. And um, to remember everything else that's going on or out there is just so, so necessary. So when you are are doing these, doing these trips and organizing these things, um, how are you balancing, like, I guess, how uh like i don't know like hardcore or real of a situation you can and should be bringing these people in to on a daily basis that is such a great great question and it's something that i really love i love compassion i didn't know how much i loved the ministry until i started working there and then when i started leading these trips and of course i had to get trained as a leader and so that was a very vigorous process um, vigorous, that was a rigorous process. And something that I really love about compassion is that they are really about protecting the children that we work with. And so our, our main focus and our main goal is always the health and protection of the children we're going to visit. So we might have an amazingly incredible story of a girl who went through a really horrific situation and maybe she was trafficked or abused and compassion was able to rescue her and now she's thriving and things like that. But if she doesn't want to share that story, if she just wanted to share that story with her local church or with her parents or with the center workers, then we aren't going to try to come in and take that story just because it's going to make the ministry look good or anything like that. And so we do the same thing when we're looking for, when I'm planning a trip, I work very closely with our in-country trips specialists. And so I say, hey, I would love some amazing stories that show how a sponsor is changing the child of a life in poverty. And so she will go to the center and she'll work with the pastor and some of the people that work at the church to identify those stories. And to get agreement from the families. We're going to have these people come. They want to hear your story. They want to see your home. They probably want to take pictures. Are you okay with that? Are you comfortable with that? And in that, in that vein, when we arrive, we are fully assured that everything has been approved and we are able to interact with this family and they want us to be there and they want us to ask questions. Hmm. I like no, that. So did that answer your question. Absolutely. So Bree, <laughs> okay. do you guys just sponsor children? Um, I mean, that's, it, it keeps on kind of coming back to that. Is, is that the, the main goal of, of your nonprofit is to help out the children and thereby helping out, um, alleviating some of the pressure from the adults? Yes. So for compassion, it's one sponsor to one child that $38 is going to that child. It's not going to the community. It's not going to the church. It's going to the child. And the reason that we did this is because we felt it was very important to have a focus on one individual instead of trying to meet the needs with that bucket of money with a bunch of people. And what was really exciting is back in, I believe it was 2011, 
there was a study done by a professor. His name was Dr. Wittick. And he basically did a study and said, okay, Americans are giving about $1 billion away to nonprofits, specifically not specifically sponsorship organizations. So there's a lot of sponsorship organizations out there. And he was curious to know, is, is it actually helping? That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money for us to be giving away for maybe a model that is not working. Yeah. And so he went and Compassion basically said, he came to Compassion and said, I want to do this study. I want to know if your model actually works. To do that, I want access to basically everything, you know, child folders. I want to meet the sponsored children. I want to meet children that were in the sponsorship program but are now adults. I want to go to, you know, the centers in Asia and Africa and South America. He just wanted access to everything. And we were so confident. We're so confident in our model. And so our president said, absolutely, but tell us what you need. You can go meet anyone. And he went and he did this very extensive study. And basically his findings in that study, which were published in a scientific journal, were one-to-one sponsorship actually releases a child from poverty. So that is our that is our flagship. That's it's our not, flagship yeah, yeah, it's it's great. There's there's a few reasons why I, I feel like that should work so much better. Um, one is that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're all uh, in this. This is going to sound uh, maybe like mean or silly or something, but it's true. We're all kind of self-centered people. So yeah. being the supporter, it's a lot nicer to be like, I'm the one helping this child out. Like that child, that's <laughs> me that's helping that child out. Like there's a part of yeah. us that wants to feel that way. Like whether we admit it to ourselves or not, you know, like that's like a subconscious thing. So there's that. That's obviously great just on the sponsor end of things. The on the on the end for for the overall goal of the organization, if let's say you have a thousand dollars to give and uh the entire community needs two thousand dollars so you end up in like the entire community of children needs two thousand dollars so you end up doing half the amount of good for all of the children instead of doing 100 percent of the good for 50 percent of the children in my mind it would only make sense that if you do 100 percent of the good for 50 percent of the children it's going to be much easier now to get new sponsors to sign on to help out that other 50 percent because you can point to the 50 percent that the that have 100 percent had their lives change and be like look this is what could happen if we just got more sponsors versus if you brought the entire community up by let's say 50 percent, and then you're trying to get new sponsors and the new sponsors are like eh, it, it, honestly your work doesn't look that great because you only raise things up 50 percent um so yeah i mean I, it, it just seems like a win 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 to me it, it totally makes sense yeah that's a great way to put it i really liked that yeah so uh all right let's uh let's talk a little uh, actually you know what on the topic of um, the influencers that you're working with, just to get back to that for a second. Yeah. When you're doing these trips, who exactly pays for what? Like, do you pay for, let's say, the flight over for the influencer, but then they have to pay for their own meals? Like, do they have to commit to anything themselves, or are you guys taking care of things for them once they come over there? Like, you're paying for their dinners and lunches and stuff like that. So, as long as they come and they spread the word to their audience, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be, you guys will take care of their their airfare and their travel and everything. Great, we take care of everything. So we take care of their flight, we take care of their hotel and their meals. 
The only thing we say to them that we will not take care of is if they want to buy souvenirs in the country, then, right. you know, bring some money. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but other than that, yeah, we, we take care of them. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, like just such a great thing to remove any sort of barriers. Like what a, what a great thing to remove barriers for these influencers. Like, look, if you could just spare a week of your time or whatever, you could possibly change the lives of so many of these kids. That's so awesome. Exactly. Yeah. So where are all the places that you have gone, Bree, since you've been working for this nonprofit? Wow. That's a great question. I have been to, I've been to the Dominican Republic. I've been to Peru. I've been to India, Uganda. I've been to Ecuador, El Salvador, um, the Philippines. Basically, every, I think I counted the other day and I've been to 12 of Compassion's countries. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. And it's it's definitely like we were talking about earlier, the dose of reality. It keeps me so grounded and I feel really grateful to have that experience because I think it is extremely hard living in America to be grounded. And I don't get upset or annoyed when I come back and I'm like, oh, you just turn on a faucet and you don't even know. I don't, I just feel grateful of being able to come back and, and be reminded, oh, okay, this is not reality for most of the world. Air conditioning is not reality for most of the world. Turning on a faucet, not reality for most of the world. And I, maybe I don't have, like me personally, maybe I don't have a million followers here or a robust blog or anything like that. But I have influence simply if I can pick up a book and read. Most of the world cannot do that. Yeah. And so it keeps me very grounded and humble and wanting to do more and also wanting to just share with people. That's so great. Do you have any trips that really stand out to you as being a particularly good trip? <sighs> oh, that's a great question. I have, I have to, okay, I have a trip that I guess I would say was a particularly hard trip. And then I have, okay, for a good trip. So all of our trips are so different in so many amazing ways. And obviously they hold a special place in my heart. But we just did a trip to Ecuador in February. And it was the first time we ever allowed, I invited three bloggers and each of them happened to be, they talked a lot about their family on their blogs. So they're constantly posting pictures of their children. They're talking about their everyday life with their kids. And one had approached me and said, what would you think if I brought my child? And we've never done that before. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And I kept thinking, you know, her audience knows that she is super passionate about motherhood and it would actually make sense. Well, then down the line, the other two I invited also ended up being bloggers who talked a lot about their family. So all three of them got to bring one of their children on the trip. And it is incredible to watch an adult versus an, versus a child react to poverty. And it was so pure and it was such a life-giving trip especially to have all of them were boys. So to have these boys really understand, 
you kind of got to see them come out of the box of their world. And so it was, it was really beautiful. And the, the distinction between an adult and a child encountering poverty was, you know, as adults, we, we would see, we go into a home and we think, oh my gosh, dirt floor, um, barely a roof, you know, there, this place is probably, you know, disease. How do you keep out anything that's harmful? And it's really easy to just get very sad and overwhelmed when you step into the home. When a child, when one of these boys would step into the home, the first thing they saw, you know, was the child and they wanted to go play with the child. They wanted to play tag. You know, they didn't see any of that. They just saw the actual child and, you know, they'd see like a rusty broken truck maybe. And it was like, this is a toy. Like, let's play with this toy. You know, where us adults are being like, that's the only toy you have. I, I buy my child a new toy every few weeks, you know? Yeah. Yeah, everything's so relative. That's one of the greatest things about traveling to third world countries is that you realize that the term third world is silly and so relative. Like as soon as you spend even one week anywhere or or several days living in a certain situation, whether that be like you said, oh, I don't I don't get to um, just use a faucet here. Or I don't get to use um, a plumbing system the way that I use, like, you know, the toilets aren't the same as where I'm at. For the first, whatever, 24, 48 hours, that might be weird. After that, it's just the way things are. And when it's the way things are, it's not so bad anymore. And it's not something to, more importantly, it's not something to be looked down upon. It's just something to be looked at as different, you know? So to be like, oh, we're first world, that's third world, it's like... What, how exactly like the, the mm. what you just talked about with that the the child that has that rusty truck he plays with it the exact same way that a kid with a really nice truck plays with a, their truck here you know like he probably yeah. is having a better time because he he really appreciates that one toy because it's like the one that he has um it's uh it's really important to remember those things that like um yeah we we definitely need to to strive to help these people out but it's not always something that, oh, we should really feel bad for the situation that they're in. Right. Um, the That concept of like they deserve my pity or whatever is is kind of silly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So quick question. How many readers does a blog need for you to be working with them? That is a great question and there's not a standard answer. So we use, I'd have to say there's probably 20 different things I use to determine if a blogger is a good fit. So just to give you an idea, let's say that there is a fashion blogger who is getting a million hits a month, but all they're talking about is the next Prada bag. And then I have another blogger over here and maybe they're getting 50,000 hits a month, but they're talking about life. They're talking about, they're sharing their own feelings and emotions and thought processes. And the audience is super connected to that blogger. They're thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going through that also. Or I feel like I know this blogger. I feel like she's my friend. In most cases, if let's say I were to take both of those bloggers on the trip, the blogger that had the smaller readership, but had the more connected audience would do better in, in inspiring their audience to to sponsor a child. Yeah. So numbers are important. Obviously, Compassion wants to be a a really good steward of the money we have. And 
compassion wants to be a really good steward of the money we have. And so unfortunately I can't just bring any blogger that I want to bring. Numbers are important, but I do also get to look at what are they talking about? Is their audience going to be like whiplashed if this blogger all of a sudden goes from here's the new Prada bag on sale for $500 to here's a picture of a child who hasn't eaten in two days, sponsor them. Yeah, totally. So I look at that. I look a lot at how the audience connects with the blogger. You know, I look at the comments to see how, you know, what are, what are, what is the audience saying? Is the audience having a positive experience with this blogger? Do they trust this blogger? And so there is, there's quite a few things we like to look at. And we've been doing, the Bolivia trip will be our, our 15th trip. And so we have a lot of experience in what, I mean, in what works and what doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That all makes so much sense. And that's kind of what the, um, what Christy told us on the influencer marketing episode in terms of um, who commands how much money and this and that, that it's, it's so relative to what a person does and to, uh, to, yeah, the, how, how connected their followers are and everything. So it makes sense that you guys are going after the exact same thing. Um, Brie, why don't you tell us what, like, you already talked about this a little bit, but in your opinion, what's the best thing that's come out of these travels for you? And what's the best thing that you see come out of these travels for the influencers that you bring? That's a great question. So I would say for me, it brings me so much joy and contentment to bring people to see a completely different world where there is a great need and to watch them react to it. We have amazing bloggers and there has not been one blogger on our trips that has completely disconnected. For example, mid trip and just been like, can't handle, or I don't agree, or I don't see the results. We've never had that happen. We've always had the opposite of, oh my gosh, I didn't know how much compassion did. I did not realize how much $38 can help a child. And so for me, it's, it's very life-giving and exciting to be able to take people to be a voice for the voiceless, basically. And I feel I have great fulfillment from it. It's one of those things where whenever I'm on a trip, I, I just feel this is what I was made for. I just come alive. Yeah. Yeah. For our bloggers, I think for them, it is. Every time I I do a debrief call with them, I feel like the thing that I hear all the time is I just didn't realize how much help they need. The child needs from clean water to, you know, a vaccine against malaria and things like that. I didn't realize how much they needed help they needed. And I didn't realize that this is actual a legitimate solution. They would say things like, and I think a lot of us do this. I know before I started working with compassion, I did this. I sponsored a child and it felt good to me to sponsor a child. I didn't really know if the money was being used well. Yeah, It was, it was one of those things where I, I, I heard it at my church and I thought I should be doing something. I'm going to do this thing. And I just, in a way, blindly did it, and it made me feel good. So it's amazing when we bring our bloggers back from the trip, and 
they don't just have that. It made me feel good, but they also know it actually is working. It is actually releasing a child from poverty. I am affecting that child's future and that child's child's future and changing a community because of that. Yeah. It's badass, man. I love it. That's so Thanks. good. Um, all right. So Bree, let's finish this thing up. Tell us how we can help out. Tell us how we could sponsor a child if we wanted to. Um, tell us anything we can do to help. Awesome. I really appreciate it. So a few things. First of all, if you're a blogger and you're interested in learning more about being a compassion blogger, we have a website, compassionbloggers.com. And you can just poke around on that site. You'll see how to apply for a trip. You'll see um, our previous trips and the bloggers we've taken. So that's compassionbloggers.com. If you want to help out by sponsoring a child, you can go to compassion.com and you can view the children and learn a little bit about them and then sponsor one. That is awesome. Thank you for all the info. Uh, like, I definitely want to help out. This sounds so great. Um, yeah, thank you for everything that you're doing. And, and, and just the thoughts that your nonprofit has. Like, it's very forward thinking. Um, and so that's, that's so needed. So thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on the show. This has been great. Thanks, Blake. I really had a great time. And I'm definitely going to keep listening to your podcast. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Bree. As I mentioned at the end there, I went ahead and put up links to um, Bree's charity, Compassion. So if you wanted to support a child through Compassion, you can go to the Half Hour Intern site. You'll be able to find Bree's episode pretty easily. And at the bottom there, there is a link to um, her charity. Um, and if you don't have any money to be able to do something like that, but you left feeling inspired to do some sort of good, then yeah, just check out your own community. And there's so many awesome opportunities to help out our own communities um, that, that most of us, unfortunately, uh, like including myself, just don't do enough. And this, um, this episode just really had me thinking about that. So um, anyways, I hope you all enjoyed the episode and thanks so much for listening.